Welcome to the New England Law Review Podcast. I'm the Executive Online Editor of Volume 48 of the New England Law Review, Louisa Gibbs. The New England Law Review is the flagship publication of New England Law Boston. You can find out more about the school at nesl.edu and more about our publication at newenglrev, that's N-E-W-E-N-G-L-R-E-V dot com. There you can find our print edition, our newest Avramand article about immigration equality and DOMA's impact on immigration law, and our Massachusetts Criminal Digest, abbreviated as MassCrim Digest. The MassCrim Digest is our case summary database of big SGC criminal law and procedure cases. Today we have Bill Brecker, our executive comment and note editor, here to discuss Commonwealth v. Moody. The citation is 466-MASS-196. And Bill, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, what category would you put this case under? This case would be under statutory construction. Okay, so what was the issue the court faced? The main issue is whether the Massachusetts wiretap statute allows a superior court judge to issue a warrant authorizing interception of cell phone calls and text messages. Very quickly, how would you answer that in a word? Yes. Okay, so... What would you, let's start with the facts. So very briefly, what was going on with the defendants, and then we can get into the real statutory construction issues the court faced. Okay, so this was a drug trafficking charge, and during the investigation, the police officers obtained a warrant under the Massachusetts wiretap statute to intercept the defendant's cell phone calls and text messages. Before trial, the defendant moved to suppress these, the content of the cell phone calls and text messages. And the trial judge denied the motion as to the cell phone calls, but granted it as to the text messages, and then reported the question before the court here. And so, so you said that was the Massachusetts wiretap statute and the federal one. What was the real issue between those two that the court discussed? Yeah, well, how they came to their conclusion, they had to go through a preemption analysis. And the reason is have to have a little history of the federal wiretap statute and the Massachusetts wiretap statute. The federal one was initially enacted in 1968 to cover wire communications and oral communications. And at that time, Massachusetts conformed their wiretap statute to make it essentially identical to the federal one. And then due to advancements in technology, cell phone calls, electronic communications. The federal law was amended in 1986 to make it clear that cell phone calls and electronic communications, which a text message would qualify as, were covered under that statute. But the Massachusetts statute was never amended, so it today is still the same as the original federal law. Interesting. So even with developments in technology, the Massachusetts one was still the same. Yes, it's still the same as it was in 1968, applying to wire communications, which is basically anything that passes through a wire. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So so that was what helped the court come to saying, yes, the warrant was allowed. Yeah, well, the defendant in this case argued that because the Massachusetts statute hadn't been amended, it was preempted by the federal law, and therefore a judge couldn't issue a warrant under the Massachusetts statute. So in order to decide this question, the court had to decide if the Massachusetts statute could be interpreted to cover cell phone calls and text messages, because if it could, then it wouldn't be preempted. Okay. So in their reasoning, they first addressed whether the cell phone calls were covered, and because the 
Massachusetts statute is now the same as the original federal law, they look to the Senate reports and legislative history of that federal law. And they came to the conclusion that the original federal law and the Massachusetts statute does cover cell phone calls. And their reasoning was essentially that when the federal law was amended, it was just to clarify that cell phone calls were covered under the original law. It wasn't the first time that cell phone calls were covered. So therefore, the Massachusetts law, even though it's not as clear as the federal law, does cover cell calls. It seems like the court really addresses different aspects of communication these days, and all of that would really take a whole different podcast to go over. So that reasoning can be found in Bill's case summary on Commonwealth v. Moody, and that is on our website, newinglrev.com, under the Mass Prim Digest tab. And so quickly, before you have to go, Bill, I just wanted to ask, why is this case important? Why should practitioners in criminal law think about it before they file their next motion in limine or so forth? I think this case is important just because before this case, there was a little bit of confusion as to whether the Massachusetts law allows a judge to issue a warrant in accepting cell phone calls and text messages. And given the prevalence of these things and their use in investigating crimes, it's very important to know that, yes, under the Massachusetts law, a judge can issue a warrant to intercept um, cell phone calls and text messages. That's great. Well, Bill, thank you so much for coming in and discussing Commonwealth v. Moody with us. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to the New England Law Review podcast. The full case summary of Commonwealth v. Moody can be found on our website, newinglrev.com, and that'll be under the Mass Crime Digest tab. They can also find our newest Volume 48 Armand article about immigration equality and DOMA's its repeal's impact on immigration law. You can find our print edition and also learn more about New England Law Boston at nesl.edu. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from the New England Law Review podcast.